Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 486. I already said in the actual episode of Glad You're Here, so I guess now I can just say, hey. Hey. You're here. Hey, everyone. I'll be glad later. Everyone, that's... If, if this is your first... I don't know why you're hopping on on episode 486, but if this is your your first episode... They want to see how it's going to end. Of, of Drunk on Comics. The end is nigh. <laughs> That's Tony, and I'm Linz. You know, they say, every comic, Stanley used to say, every comic is could be somebody's first comic. That is true. So I guess we can't assume that everyone knows who we are. Maybe, maybe, we pick up new listeners all the time and we just have no idea. But the opposite could be true, too, and every comic book could be someone's last. That's well, true. It could be their last podcast. It, well, I mean, I think that's more likely <laughs> listen to us and they're like oh, I'm just I'm done with podcasts <laughs> are, or you, they, or they are just... you insinuating death <laughs> yes I just assume they stopped listening oh well the way the world's going like I wasn't really even going to go down that route but who knows so uh, hopefully we'll be back next week but uh, I guess just take a listen to this episode to uh, hold you on till then Grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 486, The Drunky Mouse Club. Gold. Pure gold. Absolutely devastated. My old Kindle that I've had for like ten years, like the first generation, so I read a lot of my comics on. Yeah, died. It hasn't died, but it can't connect to oh. anything. So yep. it it can power on, but it doesn't really do anything. Right. Oh, so that's it's pretty sad. much a brick now. Yeah. I mean, it's lived a long. Ten years is a long time for something like that, I feel. Yeah. I think on average, all of my tablets have lasted approximately six years max. See, so. I, I I bought this from a friend for 50 bucks. I think at the time when these first came out, they were like 100 It was a deal of time, but like you can get new ones now for 50 so I just don't know why, why mm. I've kept it around. I think, well, I guess I don't need I mean, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stop now. I know why now you haven't. I don't know why you didn't in the past. <laughs> I mean, they're probably... I'm looking at all these toys on your table, and I'm like, is one of these... Did he spend $50 on? Probably. <laughs> probably. Yes. I, can, I am looking at a couple. I'm like, yes. Maybe you can 3D print yourself a new one. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. wouldn't that be grand? It wouldn't it? It would be nice. We haven't gotten quite there yet. Well, yeah. also the 3D printer you have wouldn't be able to... <laughs> do the circuitry. I feel like that's a high-end printer that you would need to oh. do circuitry. <laughs> if that's I mean, even a thing. That's not even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Could maybe make the casing a high-end one, but... Well, Linz, uh, thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks for not calling in sick again this week. Yeah, yeah. Tony wasn't feeling himself. 
No, but I feel more like myself. That's good. I was sad. I actually was almost, even though we canceled, I was like, I almost just went to go hang out with you to be like. Well, I told you to let me know if you, <laughs> that was kind of what I was getting at. Oh. I didn't realize I had to fucking spell shit out for you. <laughs> you mean you want to hang out outside of yeah. this, outside of the podcast? I know. It's weird. I feel like, uh. I don't even know the last time we hung out that wasn't in your house. (laughs) (laughs) We should change that. Yeah. Maybe we could go to a comic book store. Yeah, I love comic book stores. I haven't been to one of those in like two years. I think there's a couple new ones that have opened recently we could go scope out. That'd be cool. I'm going to put you in charge of knowing where they're at because I didn't know that. My child keeps me abreast of these things. Oh. That's so, what he's good for. That is currently all he is good for. <laughs> he's at that weird part of his life where, like, honestly, no one has any use for him right now. <laughs> um, well, Linz, let's get into some books, shall okay. we? Um, I'll start off with Batman Superman, World's Finest Number One. Yeah, I looked at that one and was like, do I want to read this? And then very quickly, I was like, I don't think I do. So I'm See, glad you did. And... I I love the Batman-Superman dynamic. I've said it multiple times before. Um, when those two are in a story together, I really enjoy the brotherhood, brothership, romanship. I don't know. I think brotherhood is mm. good. That's a good one. Yeah. That's the only one that was a word. So, <laughs> yeah, so that works. <laughs> and so within this one, I really like that it starts off with... Uh, Metropolis, and it's you know sometime in the distant past. So it, I'm believing that this is, um, um, this Robin is um, Dick Grayson. Okay. I'm assuming uh, it felt like him, but uh, I mean sometimes I lose track when the Robins yeah. all kind of look the same outfit and everything. Well, they they've retconned like their timelines on when they were with. Batman anyway, yeah. so it's hard to remember. And I like just saying this is like sometime in the distant past so that you can kind of just put this as a story for what it is without the like continuity that's going on right now. So with that being said, this uh, t- takes place in Metropolis and Poison Ivy is uh, invading. Okay. And what I thought was really interesting was, okay, she is kind of a high level tiered bad guy. She really is. She doesn't get a lot of credit, but she could fuck things up if she really wanted to. I mean, you know what kinds of biomes we just all have in our systems? Mm -hmm. She could rip your blood out of your fucking body if she wanted to. And that's the thing that I've really started to uh, realize about her as a character and I've started to enjoy more is, yeah, you can kind of put her up against not just Batman as like a, I make you know, poison lipstick and whatever, make people gas to death. Like, she can make vines grow out of the the, um, ground. Yeah, she's immune to poison. Yeah. So she, uh, uh, Superman uh, appears and starts fighting, and then Batman and them also appear to start fighting. And while this all happened, a secondary bad guy uh, introduces himself, Metallo. Oh, yeah, Metallo, yep. Who has a kryptonite heart so that's always something that allows him to be kind of you know get the one up on superman right so one of the things that happens in this is he injects superman with a red kryptonite serum 
he goes on talking about how I got a heart of kryptonite and I'll give you one and injects him okay. with kryptonite, which kryptonite does many different things to Superman. I can't remember all the things that. I mean, there's a ton do. of different colors. Yeah. Red I mean, makes him crazy, though, right? Yeah. Like, super aggressive. Yes. Yeah. And so, and being near it would do that. But since this is in his body now, he's kind of fucked. And I was like, all right, you've already kind of picked my interest. This got right into the action. It didn't have to do with... Uh, normally, I do like the longer stories, getting mm-hmm. to know the characters and everything. But this is less that and more, here's what's going on. And then we get uh, a even more in the distance past to show a different uh, story of Batman uh, going up against the Penguin. Robin is uh, tied up and Penguin had these things, but then Superman shows up. And what it was establishing was one of the first times Superman came to come help Batman out. Gotcha. And Batman saying, I owe you one or I always get you back. So then just explaining kind of the dynamic of now Batman being in Gotham here to help out his his buddy and everything. But also, Superman just got infected with this thing and he's kind of going crazy. Yeah, and if we know anything about our Batman lore is that Batman has a contingency plan for for all of the versions of Superman. It's funny because he said he had to call a doctor and he calls Dr. Niles Calder. Ah, ah. Which, do you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, from Doom Patrol. Yep. Yeah. And so the Doom Patrol shows up. Oh. And they're trying to, you know, help alleviate, you know, get Poison Ivy and Metallo out of there. And they're all kind of um, taken care of. But now you got to deal with the Superman threat, who then he's starting to see all these people as Lex Luthor or Zod. Or he's, right. it's affecting his mind now. And so ultimately, Bruce is able to pacify him, you know, saying, hey, it's. It's me. It's Bruce. You know, I know you're Clark and listen to me. And it was a really cool panel, uh, you know, dialogue of just Superman thinking that it's Luther saying this, but then realizing Luther wouldn't know this. So he he is going crazy because he's thinking Luther's tricking him, which I'm like, I can totally see that mind fuck of a thing of like, no, this is really a bad guy who's. Yeah. And. Ultimately, they get him uh, pacified by, um, oh, what's his name? The um, um, Larry has the negative man, energy oh, man yeah, in him, yeah. yep. who then can change into different energy. So he changes into a red sun, which then makes Superman then just a normal being. And he's as long as he's irradiating that, it's keeping the other kryptonite from working on in him, and he's... Still going through some metamorphosis of whatever this red kryptonite is going to do. But at the end, Niles has uh, green glowing. So I'm guessing they're kryptonite to mm-hmm. get into his body. But scalpel, knife, and everything. And he's going to do surgery. And it kind of ended right there. And I was just like, this was so... Is this ongoing? Or is this a one shot? No. You know? Well, no. Because it, well, it's to be... I mean... To be continued? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if how long... If it's a mini series or what. But it... It was compelling enough to where I was just like, okay, I want to see what's going to go on with this Superman. And also, what's the Doom Patrol going to do? Because I haven't seen them in a while. So it's kind of a fun team up for for them. I love the Doom Patrol. It feels really like, obviously I didn't read it, but it feels very old school in terms of the way the story is told. Which is That's exactly how I felt it was. And them saying the distance past, it really 
was forget what's going on now. Think this was back, you know. Yeah. In we years forget past. all these intricate storylines we've created. Yeah. Forget like the fact that Batman and Catwoman almost got married, and that Superman has like eight hundred kids now or whatever. Just let's just get back to basics. Yeah, let's tell a fun story right. and make it make sense. And so far, this has been a nice. Yeah, it was a good good first. Well, this is Mark Wade, so I mean, expectations are high there. Yeah. Yes, especially because he's just now back at DC after many years not having worked there. Right. So nice, good, good start. That's awesome. I read a book that I really expected that you were gonna read, and I'm kind of sad that you didn't because I really (laughs) want to talk about this in more depth than I get to because I feel like you probably are gonna read it. Oh, I definitely am planning on reading it. Um, I just part of it is. I need to catch up a little bit on some things, and... You don't. You really don't. don't. Okay. I mean, I know... So this is... um, Let me get back to the first page here. So this is Reckoning War, Trial of the Watcher. So I know that there's this whole Reckoning Mm -hmm. War thing. I have no idea what's going on with that. It didn't matter, when I read okay. this. This is kind of more of a separate thing about the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure, like, maybe if I knew what was going on with the other stuff, this might have more meaning to me than it did. But at the end of the day, it was just a really interesting story. Um, I always like when you get excited about <laughs> something like this, because... Well, I do. I love Owat. Owa- I like Owatu. I think he's a great character. Um... So anytime you get, like, more in-depth into, like, his life... Like, I never thought about the fact that he has a dad. Oh. Because his dad shows up in this. (laughs) And I'm like, they have dads? (laughs) (laughs) I thought they just, like, came into existence or something. I had no idea. Um, So, the... I guess the one thing maybe reading the other books would give context to is why they've... Why he's gone to the rest of the Watchers... To like tell them they need to get involved, and that has mm-hmm. to do with the other storyline that's going on. Something about the I don't know the reckoning is a group of people that are giving weapons to all these supervillains throughout the universe is what I could gather from the very brief synopsis in this. And so Watu went to the rest of the Watchers and was like, "We gotta help," and they're all like, "That's not what we do, man." <laughs> and so he's trying to make his case. And didn't. And so his dad is like, well, now you have to go on trial for your... Like, we've seen you. We've seen you interfere over and over and over and over again. It wasn't just a simple mistake. It's a a habit of yours. And he's he's trying to, you know, well, if I wouldn't have done this, then this would have had... You know, this earth would have been destroyed. So it goes back to, like, the very first time with the Fantastic Four and Galactus coming. Um... And so his dad's like, we've seen you watching, like, he, it feels like he's chastising him for watching porn a little bit. <laughs> he's like, we've seen you watching all of these alternate realities. He's like, we can feel your gaze from all the way over by Earth's moon, just watching all these alternate realities. He's like, but there's one you haven't watched yet. And he, they strap him into this machine, this chair thing that I guess that they use for other purposes, but they make him watch the what if scenario if he wouldn't have interfered oh. with the Fantastic Four. Oh, that sounds awesome. It was it was a really good story and like I can't 
I really wish you would have read it so we could talk about how it ended because I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, because like, I mean, throughout the whole thing, you're watching it and he's like, see if, 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 if I wouldn't have done what I did, then this is what would have happened. But then it keeps going on and on and on and on and things keep going and going and going and going. And it, eventually he's like, Oh no, what did I do? So like, and I'm sure they're going to keep going. I think, I hope, I hope this isn't a one shot. I hope there's more. Um, it does say that it's going to be like it, the follow up is in the next fantastic four book. Okay. So I'm going to have to, I guess, read that if I want to see where this goes. But, um, I thought it was, it was just a really great way to like, I don't know. Like I've loved that he's interfered. Like that's I think why I like him so much. He's straight up like I gotta save these people, but maybe he shouldn't have. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he should just just left them the fuck alone and let them figure out shit for themselves. And when you get to the end of this and you kind of see what happens, then you're like, all right, dude, maybe you're not the best thing for Earth. <laughs> oh, I feel like I might have to. Make this a priority this week to read my I think free time you will. because it's one is really good. I, I mean, I realized one of the things why I haven't gotten there yet because I was a little bit behind and I was reading some of Devil's Reign, and that's all right. And I like it because it's not a uh, like cosmic event; it's more street level. Because um, I could deal with a little bit more of that. Because um, so much of the cosmic shit, I'm like, we've been yeah. there, done that. So. Which I know this kind of is, but it also piques my interest of it all. But then there was the um, Darkhold was another uh, mini series that had you know all the books that I was trying to read that because I like the things about the Darkhold. But now I'm just, I'm just kind of like, do yeah. I really need to? Right. I mean, I don't need to to read this event, and I'm getting a little event fatigued. And but uh-huh. then I've heard of the the. A, I think they're calling it Axe, uh, Avengers, uh, X-Men, Eternals. Okay. So A-X-E. Ah. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. But all I know is that this particular issue of this event was very good. And I feel like you could just read it and kind of let it go. I do kind of see what... I want to see what repercussions come from the ending of this story. I mean, it was written by Dan Slott. So, like, you can't get more Fantastic Four than Dan Slott mm-hmm. writing it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm real sad, Tony. <laughs> we can't talk about this book in more depth. Um, so you should definitely check it out. All right. The moment I get done reading it, I'll give you a call. So okay. we, can, we can at least, <laughs> you can tell me all these things like, Tony, did you see this? And, well, yeah, like the, he taught at the beginning, he talks about like, besides, besides, Interfering, he's like, you also put that, that that human in in your place, and talking about Nick Fury and how Nick Fury took uh, over for the Watcher and stuff, and I'm like, oh man, what's gonna happen? <laughs> so, it was really good. I enjoyed it. That's cool. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that book from last week that you read? Yeah. So I read um, Little Monsters from Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Which is the same team that did, um, oh, what was that one series I read with the... With the shirt? The little robot boy. Oh, uh... 
I know. It's like totally Descender? Ascender? Yes. Descender. And then they did Ascender after that. Um, I don't... I feel like I don't need to really get into it too much. I mean, the art is great, of course. Although they do kind of lean heavy on the black and white coloring with just some red Mm -hmm. thrown in. And, I mean, they're vampires. The little monsters, they're vampires. They're little vampire children. And clearly the end of the world has come and gone, and they're just kind of hanging out, trying to entertain themselves. They're waiting for somebody. But Before you get into that, this is a perfect time to say, I had this really, like, vivid, like, kind of, like, cool story that I want to do of vampires, and it only involves one scene. But you know how the traditional you got to be invited in type vampires? So... It's them out on the prowl, you know, like some teenagers saying like how many kills they can get and this girl vampire saying, I'll just get invited in and kill and they're like, no way. So then what she does is she pretends like she's, you know, a dame in distress Mm. and like, can you please let me in? There's people chasing me. And then the people let her in Ah. and then she murders them. And that vivid scene, I was just like, that'd be a good way to be able to get it invited into someone's house mm-hmm. you know sure in a way female vampires really got to edge up on male vampires in that yeah. way because women are not just letting random dudes into their house even if they are in distress <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry guys if you're in distress and come knock on my door you're just gonna die on my porch that's, <laughs> that's just what's gonna happen so um really the the first issue was just introducing you to all the different kids um and kind of what they've been spending their time doing the you know the games they're how bored they are the games that they're playing things like that i i always have to give a jeff lemire book like a couple issues because i feel like he does a lot of introductory stuff in the first couple issues before you kind of get into the meat and potatoes Mm -hmm. of the story so i mean i'll read the whole thing because it is jeff lemire he has i have that much faith in in all of his stuff so um you know not not anything to... After reading The Watcher, though, I'm like, well, this is all right. <laughs> That's how much I liked The Watcher one. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not one to read that. Like, yeah. I'm usually, like, full image or indie all the way. I'm never reviewing. But I can't... Something about, like, a Watcher issue really... Um, really br- awesome. Really brings me in. So. <laughs> um, and then we have a book that we both read. Yes. Uh, Slumber Number 1, uh, put out by Image Comics. Uh, this book, uh, written by Tyler Burton Smith and illustrated by Vanessa Cardinale. I really, really enjoyed this. I didn't know what it was going to be, mm-hmm. uh, but it, the name just was like, it, I don't know. It really, yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure if like slumber, like legitimately had to do with like when I first saw it. Because it looks like, when you look at the cover, it looks like maybe, I don't know, she's coming out of a, it looks like she's coming out of the house, but it's really a door into the dream world. Yeah, and ultimately I was thinking it's like Monsters, Inc. doors. Yes, yeah. Or I was like, did she just murder like a whole slumber party? (laughs) This book about child murder. But that's also too, I was hoping this would have some element of like a mystical something sci-fi-ish. And it starts off with a murder yeah. of someone dying in their sleep. I was like, maybe this isn't the book that I was hoping it would be. Because I went full well in having no clue right. about any of this. Right. And so it was interesting following these detectives. And I was like, all right, this detective, you know, kind of knows his shit uh, coming on the scene. And 
In his panties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Slippers. And and I and I was like, okay, but then it takes a wild turn. Yeah. When we get to the the main heroine of the story. Yep. And she's the she's the dream eater. She is the dream. She is the dream eater. Yes. Yeah, because she and it's weird because she is she doesn't eat dreams. No. She helps people um, solve their nightmares. Yeah, by basically going into their nightmares. So on a very high level, she goes into their nightmares and she kills whatever the main arbiter of their nightmare is. So if it's like an evil clown, she'll kill the evil clown. If it's the touchy science teacher, she'll kill the touchy science teacher. So and I like you know the setup and everything of what's going on. It's you know it goes from the murder scene to this person and there's a person hooked up to a bed. There's a random door there. There's someone with a bunch of old electronic computers. Mm-hmm. And then it's very vivid, colorful. Yeah. Um, a little even kind felt, of Scotty Youngish, Youngish a yeah. little bit, right? And I w- I was just enthralled with this this nightmare world mm-hmm. these things that are chasing this guy and then the best dialogue i feel like i've read in comics forever was uh them talking about you know when life gives you lemons you know make lemonade or whatever and then then that gets misconstrued wait you took my lemon no i want no i didn't take your lemon but i want lemonade now and then like the little monsters and other creatures in there talking about lemonade and it was just so fucking hilarious. She's like, okay, it's not the fucking point. Like, it's just a lemon saying. Right. But anyways. And and that just, to me, was like, all right, this got a sense of humor as well. And, yeah, it, it felt a little more um, my type of story. Right. Well, I, so the first part with where they go to the murder scene, obviously the interesting part of that is that they're following this series of murders where the murderers are like they don't remember anything they wake up and they're in they they have murdered somebody yeah i forgot that's a key point but <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and on all of them they're finding these cards for stetson who is the lady who is the dream i think she puts on here dream healer is what's on the card but i feel like whoever is making these the nightmares yeah whoever is making these people sleep murder is looking for her and is calling her the dream eater, I believe. Well, and she's looking for something, too. Yeah. Which... I think this has something to do with her daughter, because there were a couple flashback panels, and she seems really interested, and I can't remember the the name of the thing that she's looking for, but I have a feeling that that thing had something to do with probably the death of her daughter that seems very, like, given in these sort of books. So, I do... Like, the whole door coming out of the ground, that's very... Like, it does feel very Monsters Inky. Um, she's got two little sidekicks, one in, like, our world, and one that I think only exists in the dream world that also eats human flesh. Like, he... I think, like, he must... He no, must. I just think it was just another manifestation in that one dream. I don't know. She's talking to him like she knows him, though. And then he's talking to the guy on the outside at one point. Okay. I mean, I guess... So. What I what I feel too is this is kind of a dreamscape, and what sucks is anything dreams. I compare it to Sandman, and understanding that dreamscape where it's all some sort of like a connected like yeah. own astral plane like. Oh, he did come out of the door with her. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah, that guy. But 
Now I'm like, does he look normal when he's on this side of the door? Because on that side of the door, he was, like, blue and had, like, elf ears. I think he was just kind of... Well, she's got a katana and guns and stuff, yeah. so I oh, think he it's... he does have elf ears in the... So, like, is he something that came out of a dream, or is there oddities that also exist Yeah, because I don't know plane? this this world right. yet. Maybe he just has goofy ears. <laughs> but anyways, it then gets going back to the murders and what's going on there. And I don't really want to give away the rest of what it seems to, to happen, but I just... I thought it was a unique book. I love that they explored more of what she does and in going into the dreams. Like the my favorite this, one was the Goblin King one, where she goes and the woman's oh yeah, having woman's like, yeah, a probably. nightmare about the Goblin King, and it's totally David Bowie from the Labyrinth, and then she ends up having sex with yeah. him in the dream. I'm like, <laughs> well, she satisfied him. She, yeah, she's saying that you know you don't always need to kill the nightmares. Right. Like the the grandson that was being mean at the soups things. She so they just kind of went on saying be nice to your grandma and right all in all like unique story for sure oh for sure and i'm definitely uh, interested to understand more of this world and what's going on yeah i feel i wonder if this is going to be a limited series or like a ongoing i i hope it's limited but i hope it's like long enough that we get like the full story yeah. but uh, maybe I'll feel that differently in a couple issues where I'll want it to keep going. I just find that a lot of times with these sort of stories, I want there to be an end at some point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So well, One of the things, too, that I find unique is, so obviously people can fall asleep and dream, and it does seem like, it felt almost like Inceptionist a little bit uh, when they're in the dream world mm -hmm. because of what you could mess up someone's head about being in there or not, um, is... People can fall asleep and have nightmares and whatever, but them going through this door, I don't know if that means they can only go through the door and physically go into the brain that's connected to it there at right. their lab. Yeah. Or if they can transport anywhere. But also, they're physically going in. Like, their material bodies are leaving. Right. So I don't know what the superpower, neo-type, you know, matrixy things you sure. get while in the dream. How are do they immortal? even figure this out? Yeah, like, are we even going to get that information? It, yeah. Are and we just... You know, <laughs> it's just, those are the things that I'm like, I want to know, but right. it, again, if they reveal more, but not everything, I'll be fine. Yeah. I feel like that could be, like, a little nice, like, back page sort of thing of, like, we're not going to put this in this story, but this is how this technology was created and giving us, like, the rundown of that history would be kind of nice for those who of us who are nerds and want to know more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was good, and it was very colorful, but I like how, like, that that is saved for when they're in the dream night slash nightmare world. Like, it's very colorful, and then when you're outside of it, it's, it's, it's just your normal browns and greens and grays. But, good book. Well, you got to see the Batman finally. I did. It was it was it was good. It was good. I could see why people enjoyed it. Um, Josh really liked it. He, he he's a big Batman fan. Um, Robert Pattinson is definitely uh, a good Batman and an okay Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne is always, you know. He's just, they've gotten so moody. Like, I really enjoyed, like, the dichotomy of, like, the flamboyant um, 
Bruce Wayne, you know, when he's trying to live it up and taking the, the making sure to be seen in public with beautiful models and like building up that dichotomy of of the the Playboy and the Batman. Um, Robert Pattinson is a recluse, it sounds like, but he, I guess, he's still. I mean, he's only two years in. I've been to in, the bat at this point. I've been enjoying talking to friends about it because. It's hard to can you can't just you can't compare it to the you can compare it to the others but you can't because right. it's its own thing yeah which those are their own thing which I find it great mm-hmm. that it is its own thing that because um, I'll still always love some of those other movies sure but this is really up there for a Batman movie and that's where I was explaining to friends like Bruce Wayne shows up three times I think I counted. As just Bruce Wayne. Right. Otherwise, he's in the bat suit the entire time, and you don't yeah. get that long of a, no. someone in a bat suit. Well, they say it so. Like one of the one of the things we've talked about before is that Batman is who he is, and Bruce Wayne is the disguise. Yeah. And they talk about that in the movie when the Riddler tells him he knows who he really is, and he, Bruce has like this panic attack that he realizes he's Bruce Wayne, and then he realizes you know that he's actually talking about. How he knows that he's actually himself in the mask, um, but they they did a lot of things right in this movie. They really leaned into him like being de- the world's greatest detective, but not so much because again he is only two years in, so he did fuck up some shit, and there is some stuff he didn't figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, and I uh, I like telling my friends too. I was like, "Have you ever seen the Return of the King?" Because the ending is kind of oh like my god. That. Why? It's like an extra 45 minutes of a couple different endings. Why are we doing three-hour movies? I don't understand. They're, like... I want to say... Again, this one had, like, three endings, but also, like, there was just some shit they could have cut no, out. No, I was trying to think that, though, and I don't know where they could they have. They could have. They could have. You can cut shit that was not important. There's there there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot they could have cut, and the story would have been just as good. You know, the ten minutes that you stand in a fucking dark alleyway just standing there, like, that shit can get... Either or, though, it's still, still good. It was no, it was good. I, you know, and I, I, I'm just tired of watching three hour movies. Is really where I'm at. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. um, But I also then I'll complain about it's too short of a movie. No, you'll never get that from me because I'll hope if it's good, then they'll make another one, right? True. And then we'll have four hours. We'll have two two hour movies. (laughs) (laughs) And um. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and the, the, the only thing I was like, why did they do that, was the scene in Arkham with Riddler and Joker. I mean, Joker, because they never say it's Joker, but it's fucking Joker. Um, It was so stupid. I hated it so much. (laughs) Because first of all, if that is that, if that is the new Joker for real, like, I'm not in. I don't know who the actor is. I don't care. It didn't sound good. The actor who played the Riddler, though, during oh, Paul that Dano. scene was... That was amazing. I Good for Paul Dano. There never in a million years would I have imagined like this is, would have been his career trajectory, um, being the Riddler in one of the Batman movies. So, good for him. And it was definitely a more uh, fucked up, dark version of the Riddler. And people are loving it. The, it is made over six hundred million worldwide. Yep. Uh, Three hundred million here in the U.S. It just opened in China, which that's their, you know, hopefully good big, you know, returns yeah. on. And 
it's one of those things too we've talked about here before of I don't necessarily think we always need to cater to the Chinese market, but also I understand why they do. Well, there's so many people live in China. Yeah, yeah it's a huge market. But and I also agree. We, like... Yeah. Movies get changed. Because of that. Because of it, yeah. And one of the things, too, it made $11.8 million its opening weekend there, which seems small, which is... But then we also have to remember, Pandemic's still flying through there, so not all their cities are open. They right. may not have it distributed as much, and... Ultimately, it's the highest during the last two years because mm-hmm. you always got to put that little asterisk sure. of COVID records yeah. breaking. But like, it's still that's still a lot of money it made. I don't. I mean, you know, we can't really. I don't think we're ever going to go back to. It's going to take a while to get us back to like the the Marvel numbers, right? I, and I don't know if we ever will, especially if things keep. Like, I would have been perfectly happy just waiting for this to come out on streaming and watching it at my house, mm-hmm. the Batman, but Josh really wanted to see it in the theater, so we went, but... Well, as I say, the, um, getting to Marvel, you know, numbers, Spider-Man, No Way Home, past 800 million just here in the U.S. Wow. Which, I want to say it's coming up close on to, I mean, I think it passed a billion, but... Uh, I mean, worldwide, mm-hmm. but they're now looking at, you know, are we, are they going to hit that 2 billion mark? Oh, it's uh, 1.88 billion worldwide mm. so far. That's a shit ton of money. It is. And it's out, like, you can buy it now. Like, we bought it to watch. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So. You bought it, bought it? Like, physical copy or? Well, rent? Like, we didn't buy a physical it? copy. Mm. We bought it, a download of it, like, do people buy movies physically anymore? I did with Ghostbusters. Did you? But it was the three pack, and oh, also came with the free digital download too. So I see. Like we just, I just don't have room in my life for those items anymore. <laughs> but I like sharing amongst friends. I see. I guess I'll just have to come over to your house and, yeah, and you watch can, it. You can watch it, or fuck it, I'll probably just buy it anyway. Well, yeah, you should, and you know that will. That will um, make them more money that way. I don't know if they necessarily need the more money. <laughs> I just want them to make more movies. My my buying the DVD is not going to no. sway it one way or the no, other. that's true. Oh, no, guys. No more Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Tony, Tony, McKay, Tony didn't buy it. He went and watched it at his friend's house? Did he not even like it enough? I mean, if there is one person that they could look at and be like, why didn't he buy it? It would be... <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, um, so I find it funny uh, in the news uh, that Francis Ford Coppola has come out saying he loves Deadpool. And he... Francis Ford Coppola? Really? Yeah, because we already had Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese um, you know, pretty much kind of say superhero movies suck. Yeah, and then executive produced the Joker. Yes, but now Coppola is saying there's room for that, and there's you know, so those type of movies. To be clear, Martin Scorsese didn't say that they suck. He said it's not film. So he's making the the very he's he's basically saying there are two types of movies. There's there's real film, which is ridiculous because nothing's shot on film anymore, but. And then there's movies, popcorn movies, like 
like the Avengers. So he was basically like, well, they're not real movies. They're just amusement park movies. And everyone, you know, likes a good amusement park, but... Well, Coppola's thoughts are cinema is supposed to illuminate contemporary life and make us understand what's going on. So we need the artist to give us a vision of what's going on. And you know what? I, I like that sentiment a little bit more. Yeah. So oh, fuck Scorsese, Coppola. even though his his films are good. <laughs> some really good movies. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously so is Coppola. So, you know, Coppola's from Detroit, right? The no. Michigan boy. Yeah. Uh, but he really, I think he would probably claim New York over, over it, but... I like Ryan Reynolds went to Twitter and said, Deadpool likes Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, could you even imagine, like, a Deadpool movie shot by the guy who did The Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> what that would look like? Oh my gosh, it would be crazy. So, something that I have actually thought of, but um, hearing more about um, other people coming to the same thought... Um, the Moon Knight director, um, his name is Mohammed uh, Diab. He's um, kind of critical of the Black Adam movie. Okay. And he's critical in the sense of he felt Black Adam should be an Egyptian cast person, and that you know I I forget what Zandar I forget where he's his um, country is that Black Adam's from, but it is in. Uh, Africa. Yeah. yeah. And around Egypt. And they do seem to be Egyptian in comic mm-hmm. book stature. So I kind of have to agree with that. Like, I like The Rock. Yeah, but The Rock is the reason this movie's happening. And I, yes, and I understand that, and I know that. But I'm just saying, I, I, can, I can accept and agree with the criticism with also saying that it wouldn't have happened. But right. I, I do think that it's something that they should have explored a little bit more. Okay. Do you not? Uh, I... For things like that, like, I can understand the argument a little bit more. We've gotten real sort of, like, only the person who's lived this experience should play this part. And that's not acting. That's somebody playing a part that is yeah, suited for that. That's them. true. So, you know, with with... With um, uh, race sort of casting, like, that is a little bit different. Like, you don't want to, like, whitewash characters and things like that. But I don't know that The the Rock playing Black Adam is, like... I mean, how many people actually know that story? And how many people will go see it if The Rock isn't in it. You know, sometimes they have to make decisions based on dollars and not, like, staying true to the source material. I don't think it's going to be good. I think this movie is going to... You don't think it's going to be good? No, no. Did you like Shazam? I don't Shazam? think The Rock should be cast for a multitude of reasons. One okay. of them being, I think he's a terrible actor. Um, <laughs> but, so oh. I'm on board with that part of it. <laughs> I loved Shazam. I loved Shazam a lot. I thought it, they did a solid job on that movie. Um, you think the new Shazam will be just as good? Um, the the with no, the sequel. Yeah, I it could be. I think it will be, and I think this is if this is going to be in the same. I don't think it's going to be as fun campy as Shazam, but I no, it's definitely going to be. Uh, but Black Adam is a he's a villain. 
and and he's had redeeming stories throughout. He's the, like Namor. I really feel like he's the he's Namor of that. He's a little more hardcore than Namor is. Namor hasn't. Well, I guess he did flood all of New York City, so he probably did kill a lot Namor's of people. Namor's all about yeah. his country. <laughs> he's about true. taking over the That's world true. sometimes. So yeah, I could see it. But you know, The Rock could play Namor. <laughs> Actually, and that would make more sense because he's Samoan, um, you know, and that's like an island. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, speaking of Namor, um, it's a touchy subject. I the guess. actor that's rumored to be playing him um, in. Well, there's they. So there's uh, an actor that people that have been cast in. Uh, Black Panther 2. Okay. Uh, Tanak Huerta. And I don't know who necessarily this actor is, uh, but he's been rumored to be playing Namor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's been seen on set of Black Panther 2. So I, I, I take that back. He's been cast uh, as something in an upcoming project. People don't know who he's playing, but they believe he's going to be Namor, and now he's on the set, which would make okay. sense to those rumors, because the relationship of Black Panther and Namor is very there. Is it? I guess I don't know their backstory. I mean, he fucking... He flooded Wakanda. Did he? Yes. During the... I want to say it was before the incursions, or it was during the incursions, and then it was around that time. Okay. But ultimately... They hate each other. Well, Namor hates everybody. It's true. I thought maybe that he, when you said that, that he was going to show up in in Doctor Strange during the scene with the Illuminati, because he is part of the Illuminati in the comic books, so that to me made more sense. I don't think but the Illuminati for the MCU is going to be the same as Probably not, because it also had Iron Man in it. And and well, and dead. they've also had a couple different, but yeah. I do think... For sure, Strange, uh, Xavier, and Reed. Yeah. And probably a Tony from one of the worlds or something. Or maybe even... No, you wouldn't put the Hulk in because he was subject to some of the shit, but... Yeah, they sent him into space. But Black... Well, then a Black Panther would be... I don't know. It's going to be an interesting what they do for that. But, listen, whoever they cast as Namor has to be able to pull off being the biggest prick on the fucking planet. That character is just dripping with toxic masculinity. I mean, (laughs) every time you get introduced to him in a book, he's sitting on his throne with his junk just all out for everyone to look at. (laughs) And he won't do anything for anybody unless he thinks he's going to get something out of it. So as long as this dude can do it with a level of, of... Confidence than I yeah good for him yeah confidence is the biggest thing for for playing him (laughs) um so something interesting happened in this past week in Wonder Woman I didn't read it but I've heard about it look okay um she's uh, in Wonder Woman number seven eighty five she's given up her lasso of truth okay because it's a viol I just saw the headline it's a violation of privacy Mm -hmm. and she feels right now with. The way she's going about, she lost her mother. Other stuff again that I haven't really been reading the Wonder Ma- Woman comic books mm-hmm. puts into light of is she subjugating the people and like 
really, you know, it's a violation of their... How many people is she using it on? I thought she only used it on bad guys. I, I don't and know. And to kill Max again, Lord. Again, yeah. <laughs> so this, obviously there's some shit that's been going down with her in the books that she felt like she needed to um, hand it over. She uh, handed over to uh, the new Amazon queen, uh, Nubia, okay. to hold on to. But, again, I find it an interesting dynamic to explore. I have feelings about it instantly. But also I feel like, no, keep it, because that's been kind of a cool thing that yeah. happens. And, and may, I don't know, maybe she's been abusing it lately. I, I have no idea. But this is my immediate, this is my the way my brain kind of followed along with this. There are a ton of men in both Marvel and DC who can read minds, mm-hmm. right? And do it all a the, lot, all the time. But they're not as... Okay, I know you're going to try to point out... But the woman is the one who feels bad about making people tell the truth. I don't know, because the biggest bitch in the world, Jean Grey, (laughs) outed someone when she really shouldn't have by reading their minds, and that's the biggest violation. First of all, she's not the biggest bitch in the world. For doing that, Namor is the biggest bitch in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's just, it seems... Like, and it's not even like she's reading their minds. She's basically just, like, saying, wrapping it around him and being like, did you do this? And they're like, I did. Here's the bomb. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not like she's going into their mind and getting their deep, deepest, darkest thoughts out of their brain. But, you know, she feels bad, I guess. Which is a very feminine thing to do, is to feel bad. (laughs) And one of these days she's going to need it. Yeah. But and maybe, it's not going to be there. But maybe, okay, maybe though, again, I only know kind of of what I've just right. briefly read a news story of it. Because, again, the lasso can compel people to say the truth. And that's what they're kind of saying is like, you're forcing someone to violate their mind safety. And it's like, okay, explore this for what it is now. And it's also an interesting way to give up her most powerful. So if that leads to some cool storylines without it mm-hmm. awesome but I don't think that this is something that you know yeah. a hill to die on that they should keep it away from her resolve it say hey you talked about yeah. it and then whatever right make bad guys do what you need them to do yeah yeah I mean there's a whole storyline I think it was identity crisis right where they literally wiped people's memories from what happened on um, um, in the watchtower so <laughs> I don't know that she should feel bad about compelling people to tell the truth. Oh, they don't want to tell the truth, and she's making them. <laughs> I feel so bad for you. <laughs> um. So, Dennis uh, Villanueva, is that how you say his last Villanueva? name? Yeah. Um, so, he's already been started talking more about the sequel and how... Okay. It's going to be more cinematic. So the first one was a little more slow, but I I thought it was excellent for what it had to be. Not everything needs to be this grandeur thing, but the next one's going to have a lot more action. And there's been some casting rumors and everything that he's kind of, you know, mentioned here or there. But one of the things that is going on is there's going to be a lot more Dune stuff besides just the continuation of that story. And they're already planning a prequel series for HBO Max. Um, mm-hmm. The Sisterhood is 
what it's going to be called, I guess. Yeah. It's moving forward. So that's got to be about the order of the, well, let's just call them nuns. Yeah. Yeah. The matron mothers or yeah. I forget what exactly they called them in there. Uh, I'm cool with that because yeah. I, that was an aspect that I was like wanting them more. And again, I know of Dune. I know the story of Dune, but I never fully read the books to get the minute details of what all these things are that I know my roommate Nick and other fans of the books would know. Yeah, I feel like it's a real commitment to get into those books at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. You so, really gotta have some time on your hands. So I'm I'm totally fine to watch it on the big screen and be surprised that way. Yeah. Um, I don't need to. Compare it to the original and then like we do with everything else we watch. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have something where you're just watching it and you're like, oh, I like this. This is nice. Without having to bitch about how it's not at all like the original material. Um, I don't think... Did we get to talk about the Obi-Wan trailer? I don't think we did. No. Because it just came out last week, but that was cool. It was. It looks good. I'm excited. Um, Ewan McGregor looks the same. Yeah. Actually, I think that's... Previously, before we started talking, and I was talking about Elephant Love Mentally... We were talking about Obi-Wan, and that got Ian McGregor, that, which got us talking about Moulin Rouge, which then... Yep, yep. I, I was trying to figure out how I got on that tangent before, <laughs> but now I remembered. Uh, but yes, I'm very interested uh, to see what this one is. I feel it will really fill in a lot of gaps that yeah, maybe we needed. I mean, we don't need any of it, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I, I think it looks very... I mean, I've enjoyed all these series more than the three new movies. So. Yeah. I just, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, I trust that machine. Although, there's a lot of back and forth going on. You know, was Darth Maul supposed to be in it instead of the Grand Inquisitor? And, mm. and, and I don't know, there's some, some concern about if there would be too much overlap between Obi-Wan and the Mandalorian. And I'm like, how? That's not even, they're not even on the same timeline. I don't understand how that would work. Yeah. But, you know, you can, oh God. Don't, the internet's well, a terrible yeah, place. Yeah, just say, don't get arguments <laughs> with Star Wars fans. <laughs> the internet's a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> uh, did you see the Miss Marvel, Mar- Marvel trailer? I did. I did. I did, and I it reminded me that they're they're not leaning into the whole embiggen, yeah, part of her powers. And you know, I I put full faith in what they do and how they do it, and mm-hmm. I'm not a stickler for that. It's just right. I hope that they, it, she's still uh, inhuman. Yeah, and I hope that's still part. Of it. But then again, is that maybe, what it was from the original? I thought she just somehow inherited the powers from Carol Danvers. She's an inhuman. Okay. She's a Cree, Cree born, inhuman or Terrigen Mist, I believe, is what how she got it. But ultimately, oh, is that when they were doing when they released that shit during the X Men series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am interested. So, like, obviously she got her name from Carol Danvers in the comic book because that was when Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel. So then she handed down Ms. Marvel to Kamala. Um, but now I'm like, well, how 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 is she going to come into that? There was never a Ms. Marvel. 
So she's going to be the only Ms. Marvel that we've ever had in the MCU, mm-hmm. which is fine, but I'm also interested in how she comes into that name. And, and, and one of the things, too, in this, like, her and Biggin Powers, even though they were inhuman inherited, what she got right now looks like either uh, the Nega Bands or Quasar's Bands, I believe is what they're called, which they can... Ultimately, from seeing the scenes, it looks like she's the Green Lantern. Right. She can shoot things and... Which, okay. balls. And if that's who she's going to be, that's fine. But then don't... I have a feeling the synergy, they're going to then retcon her in the comics, which... Oh, that's too bad. They made him big in a whole thing. I, I'm, I'm not saying they're <laughs> going to, but... You know, the you know that, them. The fact that her power was called embiggening, which is hard to say and terrible, but amazing. But and some people keep arguing that it's because uh, Reed's going to show up eventually, and having two people that can stretch would would be ah. that. And and honestly, I don't think that's the case. Honestly, what I feel is. The amount of CGI that would be needed to make a real good oh, stretching person sure. for a show especially. is movie budget yeah. millions. A show when um, having it being a uh, clearly a manifestation thing, you don't need it to look as realistic. Because right. if you've seen a, a growing fist that you expect to be like somehow human flesh, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it, right. could really pull you out. And That's so. Fair. Creative, creativity-wise, I can see why they'd go that route, and it would makes a lot more sense because I don't think I would want to see shitty CGI sure. compared to some other reason why she can do some things. Yeah. But again, that that just questions a little bit of what her heritage is and who she is, and it'll be interesting. But I from the trailer, I thought uh, it's cute that she's making. There's an Avenger con in the trailer that they go to. Mm. That's where she's making the Miss Marvel t-shirt and dressing up to go to and i think that will be a fun thing for yeah. any marvel fans to spot some easter eggs in the background because you know they're going to put in people dressed up in costumes of people that haven't shown up at all in movies right. but fans would be like oh yeah there's oh, I hope so throg or something and frog frog who throg frog thor thor frog right. or the frog thor yeah, yeah yeah i thought you just said frog and i'm oh. like oh, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that person. Frog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toad. <laughs> oh, we've seen him in the movies. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Ray Park. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing that I have, which uh, just, yeah, I knew this movie was probably not going to be good, but already critics are pretty much kind of saying Morbius is like, yeah. <gasps> What? It's bad? No way. <laughs> I, yeah, early screenings are, are just coming back uh, saying that it, they weren't impressed with it. And I, again, I was impressed by the first trailer, the very first trailer, which yeah. didn't show a lot. Mm-hmm. Had me, in, you know, intrigued. Sure. Not but a lot now of every single one. Stupid Morbius face. Yeah, I'm, now I'm just kind of like, I don't care. And then. When are we going to stop casting Jared Leto in things? That's what I'm hoping. This is finally the final nail in the coffin Honestly. because it's coming out on April 1st. <laughs> is that not fucking ironic? <laughs> like April Fool's. Not really, though, but hey, maybe make a day of it and come see our stupid movie. 
I truly almost... I don't want to waste the money, but no. I kind of want to. It'll be out on HBO soon. It'll be so, our or Thanksgiving the Sony Paramount uh, Plus or whatever. Thanksgiving the movie to watch. Yeah, it's going to have to be because I think that's the only way I'm going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, until it's free. And then I have, I don't know, I'm really high one night and don't have anything else to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you see anything else? Well, I have, I have a couple things. The first one being... Um, you now, Tony, and, and everyone listening to this and anyone who doesn't listen to this, who finds this article on the internet, um, can learn about writing from Alan Moore. Doesn't that just sound super interesting? So he's doing, he's doing, I guess it's, it's called BBC Maestro, which is, sounds like a service like the masterclass shit. Okay. Yeah. Where they have like famous people come and do a class so he's doing a six hour long they're calling it opportunity but it's basically an online course that that gets into world building character development and all kinds of other shit 33 lessons all from alan moore i watched what i can only call as a manifesto from alan moore at one point in time in my life it was a movie but it's literally just him sitting in front of a camera like he's Leaving mm-hmm. his manifesto. And it was so boring, but so interesting at the same time. And I can only imagine that that's what this writing class would be like. That's what I was <laughs> imagining, to be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a great writer. So I'm, as, I'm sure he has stuff to share. But is he a good teacher? Could you imagine learning from Alan Moore? <laughs> Unless it's like how to be a recluse in your cottage in England. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone out there signs up for this class, please contact us and let us know how it goes. Um, cause again, I, he is, he's listen, he fucking did one of the best swamp thing stories ever on the planet. And of course the Watchmen and stuff like that. But I really like, if you can make swamp thing like super interesting and like, crazy then I think you're one of the best writers in the world (laughs) so there's that and I guess it's only like 90 bucks to sign up for the class I say only 90 bucks is actually kind of a lot Um, but the other thing I came across which I I wanted to bring up only because I wanted your take on it as a male which I don't often ask for the male perspective on things so um, Todd McFarlane did this interview with this uh, YouTuber who does toy reviews and I'm not going to say his name because it pisses me off and I don't want to advertise for him. Um, but apparently he made a mention of not being able to sell female action figures and not really wanting to like waste his effort on putting out a bunch of female action figures because when boys get female action figures, when they're young, they are very disappointed and it could they could end up being serial killers, Tony, if they get too many female action figures and have to suffer that disappointment in their youth. Is that what they said, or is that you, your commentary on it? He implied that the sadness of getting a female action figure may lead to someone becoming a serial killer. Wow. So, which, out of context, I didn't watch the interview, so, you know, I, I would imagine that, like, it's Todd McFarlane. Who, don't take it seriously. There's no way getting a female action figure would turn somebody into a serial killer. It might be, like, one of the things, <laughs> but it's not the thing. But, so, now I need to know, because as a, as a female, getting a female action figure would have been 
super fucking awesome. And not just boys buy action figures. Girls get action figures, too. Other than, you know, I had to fucking pretend my Barbies were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles girlfriend because there was <laughs> no other option for me when I was little. So, <laughs> so as a dude, getting toys and still mm. getting toys throughout your adult life, like, what... Do you agree, or would you have been disappointed? No, because like I younger mean, Tony would have been disappointed getting a Wonder Woman action figure over like a Superman action figure. No, would I don't you have been so. like, "What the fuck, Dad? No, why it, are you buying me tits?" No, no, because <laughs> it's uh, it's Wonder Woman. Then you right. can add her to the collection. Like I would have looked out for Sue Storm to add to the Fantastic right. Four collection, or having a Jean Grey figure because she's part of the X Men. Like that just seemed. It seems so weird and dumb. It like, does. And, and if he's only saying in the sense of what you said, you were hoping for a Batman, but then you got a Wonder Woman, I would think that the person who likes figurines and right. not already having a Wonder Woman, that just adds to more playability and things that you can play with. So I think there is a lot less female versions of toys because there's a lot less female well, not in the comic books now. I would say there's a lot more women superheroes. Toy-wise, though, they're still the same right. fucking toys that we had being yeah. made for us because they're the top of the top tier known figures. Right. But I, th- but I, I have a... With some of the different uh, toy companies that have been coming out, too, because Hasbro is one of the biggest ones, mm-hmm. having things like Super 7 and uh, a couple of the other smaller... Uh, niche productions that they can make very articulate and good things they're just so fucking expensive yeah. but they've come out with uh the thundercats line too expensive for me right now to give them all but i would definitely have a shatara in yeah, that collection man, she's one of the rocking thundercats she's fucking and badass i i just i don't a she-ra i would take a she-ra like add I, it with he-man i think if they i think if your child is the type of a child that gets a action figure of a female and is disappointed by it. Like you've kind of not done your job as a parent because they shouldn't, they shouldn't think of that action figure as being like bad. Yeah. And also like action figures are how kids first explore their sexuality. What are you making Batman and Superman have sex? Like maybe you are and that's fine. But also like maybe you need a wonder woman. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I need Wonder Woman and another female. You know what I mean? I ain't gay if it's three-way. <laughs> but I just, I thought, I, it seemed really, like, out of out of scope. And, and, like, he has no idea what's going on in the world. Like, to think that he couldn't. The people who collect Todd McFarlane toys, right? Those aren't action figures that kids play with. Yeah. They're high-end sort of real high detailed yeah and they're not as yeah some of them aren't even as articulate to right. really they're statues they're poses right. yeah so the people who are buying his toys a hundred percent would buy female toys I, I keep saying the word toys over and over again and every time i say it i get more irritated by it i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but it just seemed but i wanted to get your your perspective on it having been a young gentleman at some point in time in your life um, I don't know. I think I need to do a poll because I, yeah, I feel like you could be a special case, though. I feel like there's plenty of boys out there who probably would have gotten a female action figure and been like, "What the fuck?" 
Yeah, I guess though it depends on the kind of action figure too, because we are talking about superhero action figures. Sure. So maybe if it was something else that was well, if you got if you got even then, I don't think it would matter. Like if you got a Barbie instead of a Superman, I'm sure you probably would have yeah. been like, I'd have been like, come oh, on, guys, yeah. they're not even the same size. <laughs> yeah, but that would have just been because of that right. reasons. I mean, right. I all right. Um, that all you got for tidbits from you? Yeah, man. That's more than usual. You should be happy with us. <laughs> no, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I just didn't want to cut you off if you just no, had more. No, that's all I got. All right. Booze in the Book this week is The Eternals, The Heretic, number one. Okay. It's written by Kieran Gillen. Oh. Um, I, I have to say that right now, The Eternals books, I had to stop reading. Oh. And I had to... I And I am being completely honest, I love Isad Ribic. But his art style in this... Okay, is he doing the art no, on this one, No, he didn't do too? art in this okay. one. But his art, uh, the faces that he's had within the series are such... Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Like, doofus, like, very... Like, all the characters are like, duh, yeah. what do we do next, guys? They look very... Du- <laughs> I will show you this one of Carol Danvers that looked like, who the fuck is that? And... Again, his body work, his lines, his everything, great. But I had to stop reading because I couldn't keep okay. up with that. All right. And so I don't know all of what's going on with the Eternals, but this being, you know, its own uh, story in itself, and finding out that Thanos is now the Prime Eternal. So obviously, I missed some things going on in the Eternals book to get Thanos to where all he's right. at now. Um, and this has a lot to do with. The Prime Directive with explaining uh, the different Eternals. Obviously, the book Eternals right now is kind of a little bit of a retconning of who they are and everything to coincide with what happened within the movie. And one of the things that we see within the um, series or within the movie was they were all created. Well, then how does that deal with Thanos and Eros being born that we know they were born? Right. Well, those two were, were made naturally, but everything else are robotic, which they're kind of getting a little bit into, okay, we can say they're robots like the MCU, but then what we've had within the timelines everything, lots of retconning galore. I hate that. But within this, Thanos learns a deep secret, and it's really interesting. It does kind of, this even retcons some of what I knew of the Eternals and who they are. They had a couple, it felt like splash pages, like how um, Hickman has done with the X-Men and stuff, of just doing some explaining. Okay. They had a little bit of uh, some family tree, family, you know, arcs and who's what and this and that. But ultimately at the end, Thanos gets the key to a very powerful weapon. And I don't want to spoil much of it because it was a good issue. But because he gets that powerful weapon, my booze of choice this week is... Grande Absinthe. I like how you're saying it like it's in Spanish. It's oh. probably French. Yeah. Well, how would you say that then? <laughs> Grande Absinthe. That sounds good. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, this is Absinthe. Uh, well, it is uh, does have the English on the back too here. Uh, this was something that my buddy just recently brought back uh, from being in Germany and... 
I swear to God, absinthe, like real absinthe, does something to me. It really gets... You think you're getting a little bit of a placebo effect from it? And you know what? That it doesn't could... have the hallucinogenic stuff in it anymore. No, I thought the real stuff does. Mm, I don't think. I think they cut that out a long time ago. Well, either or. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's pretty damn powerful, but some, some liquors treat people differently too sure yeah, yeah and yeah. all it does is i need a shot of that and i took two shots of it uh with my buddy for his birthday this past weekend and after that i was kind of like i could go to bed by midnight this is weird and my buddy was kind of pissed that i left his birthday party <laughs> early but i had enough i mean i was drinking a lot of other shit too yeah but uh that was a powerful weapon nice and it was good so perfect pairing Right on, bud. Well, Linz. Well, Tony. It's time to say adieu. Now it's time to say goodbye. It's like the end of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. <laughs> the DOC Club. D R U. You. N K O N. N never. C O M I C S. Stay thirsty for more of those musicals. <laughs> <laughs>